Hey guys, the following podcast is a Lady Gang Network and Podcast One production, which means it's going to be awesome. Ever wanted to break out of your cubicle and into a business where you can call the shots? You Break Guy Fix is looking for passionate self-starters interested in a franchise opportunity in the booming electronics repair industry. At You Break Guy Fix, we help reconnect people to the devices that they rely on so that they can get back to what matters most. This is a big responsibility, and from the moment you join our family, our franchisees are provided with the resources and support to bring affordable and convenient electronics repair to your community. Did we mention that with amazing partners like Samsung and Google, You Break I Fix franchisees also have access to the highest quality parts and personalized training out there, as well as specialized tools? It's true. And it's also easy to visit YouBreakIFix.com forward slash franchising and learn more about your big break at your very own You Break I Fix. Hey, group chat. I know y'all see my text. There's tea to be spilled. Each week, we're bringing you our unfiltered take on culture, news, dating, and our lives as Black millennial women. We're coming to y'all with the honesty and eye rolls that only a text chain with your girls can. This is Black Girls Texting with Chelsea, Glenn, and Shade. What's up, group chat? Let's just hop right into part two of our interview with Danielle Bayard Jackson, who is a friendship coach extraordinaire. When we left off in part one, she was telling us when the situation would be right for you to put in the work to continue a friendship that is kind of not feeling so good, not feeling so hot. If you missed part one, just go back. It's the episode that we launched last week and listen on for part two. It gets even better. Yeah. So, um, you know, if you feel like you all had something good and it was healthy, but maybe there was miscommunication and you guys never got to address that and it faded and you feel like, well, I want to go back and address that because maybe we'd be good if we only had some understanding on this one thing, then that's something worth going back. Um, honestly, if you miss her and it was healthy and I keep dropping in the and it was healthy because it's totally natural mm -hmm. to miss a toxic friend because she was fun <laughs> and she was a good listener or whatever. They're the most fun. They're the most, they're the best, you know, for parties. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, and um, when it comes to reaching out to a friend, you know, I have a lot of women who that's what our session's about. Like, I don't know if I should say something in terms of like how to do it. I always say first. First, emotionally prepare yourself for all the outcomes. If you are not prepared for all the outcomes, I advise you not do it yet. So are you ready for the possibility that she's going to say, oh my gosh, yes, like I'd love to connect. That would be ideal. Are you ready for her to not respond at all? Mm. How would, would you fall apart? Would you be enraged? If so, you're not emotionally prepared to do this. And then finally, are you emotionally prepared for her to say, you know what? Um, I'd rather not. Are you prepared for her to do that? And for you to say, okay, you know, I tried, she's not ready and I, I can respect it, but now I can move on. But if any of those responses would make you crumble, rethink your self-worth, be enraged, maybe you're not ready to reach back out. Um, so that's one thing to do mentally first. The second thing is what's the objective? Because a lot of times we'll just hit her up and be like, Hey girl, it's been a while, but she's inevitably going to be thinking like, so what do you want? So we have to make it plain, you know, Hey, I saw such and such the other day. 
um, I thought about you. And so I know we haven't talked in a while, but I wanted to reach out because you were on my mind and just see, you know, how things are. And maybe we don't want to go from zero to 60. Do you want to get coffee? Do you want to, you know, you've been on my mind. I thought about you. So I thought I'd, I'd reach out. Hope things are good. Saw on Instagram that you had this going on. That's really awesome. Wanted to reach out and just tell you you were on my mind. Period. You know, but yeah, that does require some vulnerability. It requires no game playing and making it plain, you know, what it is you're looking for. Yeah. Oh my God. All this has me thinking about my ex friend. So sad. Me um, too. But I, right? Not me. I, <laughs> <laughs> I want to, though, Danielle. Was a demon. I want to get your take on something that's happening in pop culture in relation to friendship and girl code. I don't know if you know about Portia Williams. Yes. Stacking <laughs> up or hooking up or partnering up with um, an affiliate of the show, The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Yes. I think, I don't know if they are engaged. There was a ring on a finger and a hand on a large belly in a picture. Engaged. They are <gasps> engaged. A hand engaged. on a large belly? Possibly no, pregnant, no, no. But sorry, his engaged. belly. <laughs> his large and belly. Her, people are saying she might be pregnant as well. <laughs> they are saying that. Um, and she's saying, you know, she, me and the girl were not really friends. So what's your take on like how you're viewing that situation and then maybe this type of situation at large? You know what? Uh, I'm going to, first of all, it's, yeah, it's messy. Sure. Um, <laughs> but I think only they will know. Cause I know the show edit stuff and we're like, what's the timeline. And it's so funny. Cause I was watching the YouTube videos today. I was like, hold on, it's been a month, you know? So we're trying to calculate yeah. the timeline <laughs> at the end of the day. They know, were you all friends in a way where that is betrayal or it's not only they would know. So we can say all day, like that's messed up, but I'll never know. Like, what were their conversations? Were they close? Were they just in the same social network? And that's where we do meet people romantically out and about in group settings, you know, so only they would know that. Um, it feels a little weird. Yeah. Um, I always say, you know, and I recently, I'll be honest, just started leaning into this. I used to lead with like, my credentials talking about a friendship coach or all the press I've received. And I'd be like, Oh, you should, you know, buy in because I've done all this and done this research. And recently, I said, you know what, I'm not being totally honest because I think one reason I'm, you know, relatively strong and gifted in this is because I was a really shitty friend. That's where it comes from. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Not the studying, not the, I've broken girl code. I have been a mean girl. I have not communicated and played games. And I'm like, well, if I do this, then she'll get the picture or cut people off. I've been a bad friend. And so even seeing this girl code thing, I don't know if they'll be able to get over that. I don't know if you can be friends with somebody who's with your husband. That feels a little weird. Um, but you know, sometimes, you know, we do things and it's like, okay, I know I will not be able to salvage this friendship, uh, because of what's transpired and I have to let it go because I was at fault or not. So, you know, when it comes to this situation, that's definitely a girl code thing for sure, but they'll only, those two will know like how close they were. And if one has the right to feel betrayed by the other. I feel you. I kind of am on that page too. And I wonder too about the thing, like the fact that they might be in this, run in the same circle, but not mm -hmm. be friends. They might not even be associates. But like they traveled together. They were texting. They were smoking hookah at her house. She was swimming in her pool. It's That's television. It's right. TV. I mean, but they did meet via the show, so that's still it's it's just well, like awkward and, to the and show messy. From Portia. It, it said Portia's friend. I know, I know, but they could really just make that up and say Portia, you're going to yeah. be the person to bring her in. But and I'm saying from our perception, from our perception, 
that's how she was introduced. I've heard the woman say, Fallon say that they met through their husbands. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Their husbands worked together. So Portia brought her into the group. So I don't see the big deal, but uh, you know, I would to each his own. To each <laughs> his own. So I, wouldn't, a- I wouldn't do that, but I just don't think, I don't think like I'm not losing sleep. Should your, okay, that leads me to a question. Should your friends be friends with your guy? Like, is that, mm. or is that just like something totally separate? You and your friends are friends. Your guy is something else. I try not to get to do that. <laughs> my friends hated my ex. I was like, they could not asking me. It was, it was terrible. It was like terrible. And I was like, well, how am I going to do this? None of my I want you to like, like him and, and, and like, be like, oh, he's cool. But like, you got not best texting. What do you think, Danielle? What do you think, Danielle? <laughs> uh, I think to your point, I think uh, ideally my friends would like him and they can have a conversation on their own and they don't need me to be a buffer. Um, so I'm there, but they're comfortable joking or whatever. Um, but I personally, I think that you have to be more aware now. So no, I don't think it's appropriate that like, my friend goes out and talks to all the guys on the patio when all the girls are inside. It's like, it's a bad look, like come back oh. inside with it. Just those, but that's girl code. I, at some point, I don't think it's appropriate. Or if this is where some people are super progressive women are going to come for me, but I think little things like if your outfit maybe is like super sexualized and it's just going to be me and my husband at the house, but that's me traditionalist. So there's like little girl code things mm-hmm. or like soft touches on his arm. Like now I need to be more mindful of like, okay, you know, this is my girl's man, you know, so even let's say I am a touchy feely person, but I do have to also consider perception. Maybe it's inappropriate for me to like touch his arm when I'm talking. And so, you know, there's, it's a balance of respect and perception when it comes to your friend and your man. Damn, I'm thinking about, you can't go out on the patio. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's not a really specific example, right? I'm like, oh, I'm 2017, you know? I don't think she means you can't go out and like, you know, smoke a cigarette, right? I think right. it's like, no, that was up that in was, my man's face. Like, that was, that was a here. very specific example from a summer right. in 2017. I was like, this is feeling. Like, or if you go on the patio. Somebody on the patio in your little tight dress with your titties hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it is if you're like sliding out. I'm just going to go hey check boys. on the boys. Yeah. Why? What are you fellas up to? Yeah. Like, that's weird. <laughs> My whole ass is going to check on the boy. <laughs> Hopefully, no, everyone's not, not married. Hopefully, everyone's not married. Maybe there's a single man out there. Not if everybody's married. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Look at you. This makes me think, actually, for friends that are in relationships, what do you do if you find yourself being jealous of your friend? Either jealous of, their relationship like you're like damn I lost my friend or you're like Mm. single and your friend is cuffed up and hella happy yeah that is so hard um you know one it's normal we get a new love interest all our energy goes to this um it's exciting it's new and we kind of do assume my girls will be there and so we divert like all energy to the romance so it's normal um I do think it's okay to communicate you know especially in little ways you know it doesn't have to be this big formal conversation I think it's great to communicate like 
okay, I'm not seeing you now. I knew he was, I knew he was going to make you ghost me. It's happening now. Let's, let's keep our dates going. Let's keep our brunch going. Like it's okay to communicate. So that stuff doesn't fester or so it doesn't, you know, um, manifest itself in slick remarks. Sometimes that happens. So, you know, they give us the stereotype of being passive aggressive. I believe that's because it's not socially acceptable for us to outright say the complaint. And so mm-hmm. it comes out in these little, mm-hmm. but you got a girl, I'm missing you. Where'd you go now? I knew this was going to happen. I need to make it playful. Otherwise it's going to come out and snippy things like, oh, you guys are going out again. Mm, okay. You know, and that's not okay. <laughs> so I have to find a way to make it plain. I miss you now, like make time for me now and let her know so she can do a good job of making sure she balances things um, and trying to find a way to not put her in a position to have to choose. Um, like, let's say you don't like the partner. You know, I always suggest asking more questions than making statements because we'll say like, mm, he's to this, or I don't like the way he this. And it kind of puts her in a position where naturally mm-hmm. she's going to defend him and start to feel more and more like you don't get us and being paired with him now and now it's you on the outside not understanding my relationship and so asking mm. more questions like so help me so what do you what do you like about him or like okay well why why does that get you so excited and actually like kind of giving more curiosity instead of like judgmental statements um because you don't want to push her away um but feeling jealous in terms of I don't have a relationship and she has this thing I want. I feel like it starts with self-awareness. I think sometimes that's natural. Um, a lot of time we vilify women when they're jealous. We're like, oh, she's so jealous. Like, mm-hmm. like it's like a whole characterization, but right. we all have a season where it's like, damn, it's really hard for me to be happy for my cuffed up friends because I really want that for myself right now. It's really hard for me. So if that's a season you're going through, well, you kind of can't change how you feel. You can do that work, but I think you have to be very mindful of how that comes out in behaviors because you don't, you don't want that to affect your friendship. So I might be feeling it, but how can I still show up for her? How can I still show her? I'm, I'm happy for her. Like, I'm glad that you found love. How can I, you know, manage behaviors and attitudes while over here, I'm kind of working on myself so I can find a way to be happy for my friends in this season. Yeah. It sounds like so much is layered just in vulnerability, which is like applicable a lot to like romantic relationships, but we don't necessarily apply it to friends. But something I'm curious about is like, are there levels of friendships? Like your level one is like your main bitch. Your level two is like (laughs) your side bitch. I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Not your side bitch. The person you hit up when your main bitch don't can't hang out. Yeah, when your main bitch can't hang out. No, but you know what I mean? Like, because I have some friends who like we have been really close, and then like they were like maybe a one or a two, whatever, this fake scale I'm making because the circumstances, like we're in college together. And like Mm -hmm. now I don't really see them as often. We're still cool. It's like in passing casual, I see them when we're out. But like, I can recall the days where it was like, girl, we was sleeping in bed together and we were with each other 24 seven. And now you've like become a level four or a level five. Like, is that just a natural pattern? Totally. So to help like conceptualize this, because I think it'll give us like an aha moment, but there's this concept called Dunbar's number. And the idea is that our brains can only handle 150 social connections. So we're talking Whoa, like even the lot. barista you that's see every day, you like, you, you recognize that person's face or like your boyfriend's cousin. Like if we had to take all the people, you know, now social media would trick us into thinking differently. We're like, I have 11,000 followers, but your brain, <laughs> your brain can only handle 150. 
50. So if you think about that, like a circle, right? And then smaller circles within that, the tiniest circle within that, the number five is there. And the idea is that you only have space in your brain to maintain five strong relationships. And if you're talking like, I'm pouring into you, you're pouring into me, we're getting to know each other, I'm showing up for you. I only have space for five. And get this, if you have a romantic partner, that person takes away two (gasps) of the spots because of what they demand of your brain, your energy, your, your love. And so that's why I think it's funny when women are always like, what's like an average number of friends to have? Like, I want to know if I'm normal. It's like three to five is totally normal. So the reason I bring this up now in response to what you just said is if you're like, well, what, what about friendship levels? Those five, those three to five spaces are fluid. So depending on how much I see you, how vulnerable we are and how much positivity we have, that determines how close we are. Those are like the three components of, you know, friend intimacy. This was designed by a, a friendship expert named Shasta Nelson. But her idea is that in order to have depth in your friendship, you have to have positivity consistency and vulnerability. Mm. And you'll notice the people you have that with are probably in that little tiny little five. And so that's going to change. So maybe when we were 15, we had all that because we were talking periods together and we had these like emerging adulthood milestones together. And I feel like you totally get me because of what we're going through. But then as our priorities change and you move and I meet these new girls who I now see every day, and now we're bonding on these new interests that I've developed, they kind of moved in to the inner circle and and there's only space for three to five and you kind of fade it out because I don't see you often. That happens. It's fluid. And so, yeah, your levels might shift as your priorities shift you as you grow. And honestly, how much you see people, because one of the key ingredients in building a friendship is repeated exposure. And so I don't know how you guys feel about this, but that's why sometimes when I see like those tweets and stuff and people are like, man, I can go eight years without talking to my best friend. And we're totally mm-hmm. fine. I'm like, I get where you're coming from, but I need consistency. Like I need to see you talk to you. I need to check in on you to feel as close as we can feel together. Um, So anyway, so yeah, so it's normal for there to be different levels because you only have room to entertain so much. So what about long distance? I was just going to ask that Chelsea. My best friend lives in LA now. And like, I just finished visiting her and like we FaceTime each other all the time, but any advice to like keep that going if I know that that's someone who who I love who has been a great friend to me who's important to me any advice to keep that like healthy and going and I just want to add too because I have two of my closest friends are long distance friendships and one of them lives in the UK so we're just like on totally different time zones he tries facetiming me we miss each other every time and it's so odd that these people who had huge parts of my life the kid that lives in the UK we lived together and now He's just in a totally different space in my life. It's weird. Like sometimes I, f- I don't want to say I forget about them, but it is this kind of like, he texted me the other day, like, damn, out of sight, out of mind, bitch, huh? And oh, I'm like, no. I don't know how, like what to do. So yeah, advice. A little, yeah. And there's a little truth to that, you know? Um, <laughs> so, you know, first of all, a lot of us, I think it's very special when you do find a friend who we're so in sync and have so much understanding and we've earned the right to, you know, we don't talk for four months and we're still good. Like, so that exists, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying if it's been forever, well, now is it a valid friendship? But, you know, some of us, we've invested so much that our friendship can kind of withstand 
the distance or not checking in. Sure. Um, but if you have determined, no, I want you to stay one of my five. I, I need you mm-hmm. to stay in my life. Yes. It's going to now require that I be intentional about those mm-hmm. three things that I said earlier, the positivity in our conversations, the consistency and the amount of vulnerability that we have. If I want to keep you in my life, despite the distance, I have to be intentional. And it sucks. Cause as we get older, you know, we just talked about how those social backdrops are removed. And so now we have to be active to keep our friendship going. It's not very sexy, but like putting things on the calendar, being intentional, setting dates and times is exactly how we are going to stay in touch or the just time and distance is going to pull us apart. And we're going to be like, I don't know what happened to us. It just faded. So we have to stay on top of it. So, you know, for long distance, it's nice to have like the, oh, every Saturday nights are check-in night. Some people don't like that. So maybe it's something where you, um, and we have to keep it fresh the same way we would in a romantic relationship. So let's say Netflix says they're going to drop a new movie and everybody's like, oh, I can't wait to watch. Maybe that's the thing. Like I text her and I'm like, okay, I know you want to see this movie just as bad as I do. Saturday, you like, do you want to watch it together? So that is something exciting. Like let's watch this unfold in real time and be like, do we love it? Do we hate it? But that's exciting. That's why a lot of us connect over like our favorite shows. We're like, you like it too. And so it's just dating our friends. I mean, I know that might sound weird to some, but like if I want to keep you in my life and keep things exciting, dating you like being intentional when am I going to see you again if it's a long distance friend I send you a little something in the mail like we have totally overlooked mail but god how good does it feel to get like a card a little something and she's like I was just thinking about you it feels like you were that feels good I have to shout out my best friend Taylor she sent me she gave me a card and inside of it it says just always know you got people and like she's like did you like the card? And I was like, yeah, I like the card. And I don't react, but like, it meant so much to me, like to get that. I was like, that was so like kind of her to do that. Um, Wait, okay. I have another question. I have so many questions for you. Okay. But this one question, what about, cause I know you said earlier about being a friend connector. So like my best friends in LA have connected her with my friends. It hasn't been an issue with her, but some friends, when you connect different groups of friends, I don't know if that's always a good idea. How do you feel about connecting different groups of friends? See, now personally, I'm the more the merrier type. So I love being like, yeah, invite her, yeah. But of course, like it can mess up the chemistry, it can mess up the flow. Some of us are nervous about like, oh, well, I'm kind of this way with these friends and I'm this way with these friends. So I don't know mm-hmm. what's going to be the combinator when we come together. So there are a couple of things you can do. Um, uh, recently, and I posted about it, but recently I took a couple of my friends who do not know each other. And I was out with my husband and I was like, man, you know what I want for my birthday? I want to like get all my friends together and do something, but they don't know each other. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, you know what? I don't have to wait till my birthday. I'm going to do it next weekend. I took them. I put them all in a group text. I put pictures of each of them in there. And I was like, Hey, you posted about this. Yeah. I was like, yeah. we're going to go to dinner next Saturday. Here's who everybody is. This and so-and-so. This is why I love her. This is so-and-so. This is why I love her. Meet each other. And they were just in group text like, oh, nice to meet you. I can't wait. And so I went to check out the restaurant before to make sure like, okay, like, is this good? Is it too loud? Like literally physically went the day before. I had a plan because a lot of times we'll do the whole like, oh, come over and hang out or let's go to brunch. But then some people, we don't give this enough credit, have genuine anxiety about those situations, being with people Mm -hmm. they don't know. I don't know what the issue is. So as the hostess, you have to remove that from people. Let them know who all is going to be there. 
What time are we meeting? Have you already checked out the venue so you know what to let them anticipate? Have you put an end time on it? We don't do this a lot, but okay, for um, from 6 to 7.30, we're going to go to this restaurant to let us know that there's an end cap. So there's that, that awkward fade where one person like kind of wants to leave. And then you're like, well, how long are we doing that awkward ending? No, we're going here for an hour. Um, we had an itinerary. So I was like, we're going to go here at six just for drinks. And then seven 30, we're going like 10 steps away here. And we're going to have a nightcap here and just two hours. And so everybody's like, oh, I can sign up for two hours, but you have to have conversation starters ready. You have to introduce people to each other. You want to try to minimize inside jokes because mm. that can feel isolating. So I know you get into Kiki with over here, but they're like, okay, what are you talking about? So you, you need to be conscious about like, I can't talk to you all night about that guy we knew from high school because this is going to isolate these girls over here. Mm-hmm. And finally, you also want to help them build their own connection, which mm-hmm. takes a certain level of security. So I need ah. to be able to say like, oh, Maria, Tasha, you both, I think y'all both went to uh, yes. Miami. Oh yeah, we did go. Yeah, didn't you? Yeah. My job is to be a matchmaker and not having to be the center of their connections, but that takes a certain level of confidence and security for the person who's bringing people together that you want them to have connections outside of you. And then finally, what I like to do after bringing people together is I like to let them know what they thought of each other. So I'll say like, I hope you had fun. I'm so glad you came out. They couldn't stop talking about how funny you were. So thank you for coming to let them know we love you. They loved you. They thought you were great. And so it just kind of keeps things going, but it takes work on the hostess to make that happen. I love that. What about when they don't think each other is so great? I remember (laughs) my, so my current, the girl I'm talking about in LA, I introduced her to my ex-best friend that like was, Mm. I grew up with and I introduced them once and my ex-best friend, let's call her Delilah. um, My like current best friend, Taylor was like, um, hey, I'm going to buy you, let's, I'm going to buy you all shots. And it was like so sweet of her to do that. And Delilah was like, does this bitch know I'm your best friend? And it was so weird. Like, Whoa, that's react like such that. an odd thing. And I was, and Taylor heard her, but like, didn't react. Cause I think she like, didn't want conflict. Cause she knows that girl is like my sister. And yeah. So I guess, can you have two best friends? Slash, yeah. Is a best friend, like even a thing? Is that even like an important thing? Or do you just have friends and they're all important to you in different ways? If that makes sense. Yeah. So to your situation with Delilah, totally normal, (laughs) you know, to have friendship jealousy, because especially as women, we have a lot of intimacy in our friendships. Men don't, I'm not saying they're not capable of it, but for our standard basic friendships, it's like standard and expected. We have like real closeness. And so if I'm getting close with you, it does feel kind of threatening when I see you doing it with somebody else, because it makes me question like, okay, well then is this special? Cause like I've shared things with you, you've shared things with me. And so it feels threatening to know that you could duplicate this with somebody else. Feels threatening. Mm-hmm. It feels threatening to my position, to my uniqueness with you, to see you also think this woman's great and to have a special bond. Um, so that's one thing. And it's hard. It's hard for some women to see that and be happy for that. Cause we're like, uh, but we have a thing. Um, this is where people come for me, but I love to, I love to get the dialogue going. That's fine. I actually am not a fan of using best friend. Um, I, I'll say she's one of my best friends. I also mm-hmm. understand if you have 10 friends and this one friend is the best out of all of them, then by definition, she's your best friend. So <laughs> I get it. But I mean that whole fantasy of um, we are equally best friends. We equally prioritize this. It is us too. Um, 
because, because sometimes we don't verbalize it, but you bring certain expectations to a best mm-hmm. friend. You should mm-hmm. get right. Me. You should understand. You should pick up the phone when I call. You should know what to say when I call. You should get because See, you're this my is best I'm friend. like, I'm not your boyfriend. <laughs> I'm not your boyfriend. It's like, but those are expectations easy. we have. It's One like as soon as you use that label, now I ex- okay, I just gave you the title now. So I expect all of these things. We won't say that but we do. And so then it makes it worse when you have a new friend come in. It now feels like a betrayal because I'm your best friend instead mm. of, of course you would have other friends. So now it's like, do I feel entitled to be betrayed by you getting close to somebody new? Cause I hold this title. And then also I think it makes it harder for those mm. breakups and those friendship fades. And so when it is over, we're like, what? Because you're my best friend. I never thought this would end. And so it gets kind of tricky. Uh, it gets kind of tricky. Wow. I've always thought of my best friends as just people that I would love to spend time with at yeah. any given time. And oh, so you have a bunch of good. best friends? No. <laughs> oh, look, look, look at her. <laughs> <laughs> this just wow. made me think, though, like, I think the reason why I have different expectations for friends versus a partner is because when my friends come to me and they're and they have all their crazy and their madness. Like Glenn, don't pick up the phone. Glenn is uh, sometimes unreliable. Glenn does whatever. I'm like, whatever. That's just Glenn. <laughs> if my man did that, I would be like, oh, so you're not picking up the phone? Oh, okay. That's what we're doing. Like I have not expectations of my partner to change, but I feel like my partner should be more. They owe you with more. Me. Yeah. Whereas my friend, I'm like, girl, she just don't be picking up the phone. It's fine. I wish I could be more that way with partners and be a little bit more chill. (laughs) But I feel like, yeah, there's this expectation to be prioritized versus like a friend. It's just like, yeah, but there, there should be like a a healthy balance. The boundary thing that you talked about with the toxicity. Yeah. Yeah. The funny thing about the whole, like no such thing as a best friend thing is after Delilah and I broke up, um, I remember being like, I, and I actually, I, I say best friend, but I just mean like the closest friend, if that makes mm-hmm. sense, person mm-hmm. I talk to yeah. the most. Um, but I remember like specifically being like, there, I don't believe in that best friend thing because like, mm. and I've seen it in myself. I've seen it in all my other friends. It's like the person you call your best friend, they just, they do something, you know? So I don't know. Does that make sense? And people have them, <laughs> you know, but I hear a lot, especially during coaching of women who will break down because they don't have one. And they'll say mm. like, I just, I'm looking for my best friend and I don't have a mm. best friend. Like we're looking for the one. And, you know, I get it. I, I, I get that desire. We mm. want to be known. We want to feel seen. This woman who gets us, that's, that's so natural. Um, so I, I get that desire. Um, but I don't know. Sometimes it makes me nervous too when we're looking for the one, that one oh, friend yeah. who gets us. Yes. And he's just gonna... You know, I think it's beautiful when women have that. Um, and that's a beautiful experience. Uh, it's just the pressure to find that one. Um, I think your friendships are what you make them and you can be closer at any time. And, you know, with any one person that you wanted to, if you set your mind to it, like, I, I want to learn her more. I want to know more about her. I'm going to hang out with her more. I'm going to ask her more pointed questions. Like you can develop that yep. kind of with anybody. Um, yeah. Grass so, is green where you water. Hot take hot take you guys know how i am about monogamy you can have so many friends that like fulfill so many of like your needs and like all the things that you love and the different dynamics that you have like Mm -hmm. that's how i feel about 
different partners. Romantic relationships. (laughs) I mean, I do think about how I meet friends that like activate parts of my personality and interests that some of my friends, my like go-to friends don't. And I get really, (laughs) (laughs) I get really excited to go see this friend that likes this random thing that I like. Um, But it made me think about something though. I heard somewhere, honestly, I think it was on Sex in the City that friends are soulmates or can be soulmates. Do you think that that's a thing? Because you kind of mentioned that we're looking for that one. But when you do connect with someone, I do think it's probably on a soul level. Yeah, but you're putting effort into that friendship. So you're close to that person because you're putting effort into the friendship. Mm. Or you could just meet somebody (laughs) that that you just like, damn, we click. You know, and then you do have to follow it up with the. Yeah, you feel like, damn, we click. So then you keep calling them and so you're putting water into that grass. You're choosing for that person to be your friend. Mm-hmm. But when mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like, damn, we click anymore is the question. Are you like, mm, we don't click anymore. That's where I'm saying, like, I think it's beautiful. Those are my favorite times. Like when you meet a girl and you're like, I think I'm in love with her. Like right. she's amazing. She is so funny. She is so like, that is awesome. And and she gets me. She thinks I'm funny, you know, so that's awesome. My concern is when you don't feel the chemistry anymore, then what happens? Are you starting from scratch, looking for that feeling over and over? So now you don't have the skill of having a hard conversation of forgiveness of asking her for forgiveness. You don't have the skill of communication. And so that's what gets me is I think it's beautiful when it starts with the chemistry, what's happening when you're not feeling it anymore is Mm -hmm. that would be my question. Mm -hmm. This is so fun. I'm obsessed with you. Yeah, this is great. This is so amazing. A question what is your advice to friends in business with one another? Mm. <laughs> I know you've heard about the Joe Budden podcast. Right. <laughs> That's <laughs> something crazy that just happened. Wait, okay. I missed that. Okay. Let me give you the rundown. So yeah, it's please. these three friends. It's Joe, Rory, and Mal. Mal. Mal, you're right. Mal, right? Yeah, Mal. But like Joe is like the name. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's the Joe Budden podcast. Anyways, so Rory, I guess, asked him for like a financial audit. Like he wanted to see where the money was going. Mm -hmm. And he also wanted like a little piece, a piece of the pie since he's been there since day one. And now the podcast is like really big. It's making money. And they started a network. And they started a network. Mm -hmm. And Joe said no, flat out. Um, So although he has helped him build the brand, Joe is like, no. So now it's like they went into business together and now it seems like they may have lost their friendship. And he fired him like on air, lit him up, tore them all to shreds. And it's like, but they were friends. But they were friends. First. But then he's in this position where he's their boss, which is kind of different. And just to anchor us even in this, like the three of us are completely partners. Nobody has a, there's no hierarchy. Um, But yeah, that was a real messy situation that is awful um (laughs) yeah I just had a session with a girl last week and and she brought me on because we were preparing her for a hard conversation with the friend she's in business with and she doesn't think that they should keep the business because it's messing up their friendship and so I think there's a lot that has Mm -hmm. to be done on the front end before you go to business into business to set expectations Um, I think that's a part that a lot of us skip because we have so much chemistry and we're like we're friends and we have this vision together it's gonna be amazing I think there's a lot that's missing sometimes at the beginning and so we don't go into it with like okay listen this is everybody's role I'm going to respect your role. Here's what I expect you to do. Here's what my job will be. And if we ever start to feel like we're having issues with us, 
we will stop and have a conversation to make sure we're good first. Like we don't have those conversations beforehand because we're so caught up. I believe a lot of us in the chemistry, in the excitement of the shared vision and the business idea. And so then we do start to have these conflicts that we can't help but separate from uh, her values. So a lot of times, you know, there's something called task-based conflicts and relationship conflicts. So that means if we get into it, is this a matter of we just see differently on how to achieve this task? Or are you the kind of person who every argument you start to have reflections on the relationship? Oh, I don't know if I agree with her values. I don't know if her personality Mm -hmm. matches with mine. Is every conflict a relationship conflict? So it takes some practice to stay in a task-based conflict. If we're at work, how are we going to solve this problem? Without starting to think like, okay, you know what? See, if she's gonna, if she thinks we should do that, what does that say about what she believes in the? And so, as much as you can keep it task-based conflict, if you're not capable of doing that and everything is personal to you, you know, I I would be curious as to how successful things are. Mm. Yeah, it's fascinating that there are like two distinctions between the two. Mm-hmm. And then there's status-based conflict. And that's when every conflict you start to worry about like the hierarchy. So if we're getting into it, my first thought is like, okay, so she thinks she's the boss of me. Like it's a power Uh, struggle, you know, uh, there's different types of conflict, but the people, this is my speculation. This is not in research. I wonder if the people who always have everything being a relationship-based conflict and it's like, no, we're just we're just talking about this thing over here. You know, um, I personally, I struggle with that in my marriage. We've had to have several talks because he's task-based. He's like, no, I just, we're just talking about the thing. And I think like, no, but this is our fifth time talking about the thing. So what does that say about what you believe about that? We're so different. So I think as much as you can in a business together, but can we stay focused on, you know, like you ladies are working on the podcast. Can we stay focused on who we're going to determine are going to be our guests and what our talking points are going to be? And if we're disagreeing, can we stay rooted in the task instead mm-hmm. of starting to think like, okay, so, well, then what is, who does she think she is? Who does she think? Mm-hmm. So how much can you keep it on the task? I think would be important. And then if personal things do come up though, then do you turn off the task base and then have those kind of uncomfortable conversations we were talking about? earlier and then how do you not let those conversations then filter over to the business it's hard and some of them will be relationship things some of them will be like girl like I noticed that she values this and I value this and it keeps coming out in the arguments that we have so you know I think that's natural too um but I think maybe only certain people can even go into business together I think you have to be communicators you you know you have to be in partnership with somebody who you trust you know we see a lot about people how they treat other people and then we go into business together and think we're going to be different because we're friends and it's like but you've watched her mislead people and and be two-faced for like 10 years how did you you know so little things I think we know you know women we have intuition we observe things and and so you know are we being mindful of all that when we go into business together yeah that was like a big thing in the conversation around Joe Budden it was like kind of a mind like some people were of the thought that there's no friendship in business and like is business whatever and then other people which I think was the at least from what I heard today was like kind of the majority was like, well, you actually need solid relationships in order to have a successful business. So if you have like, I think what you said earlier, like if you're having a a bump, you need to pause and deal with that before you just continue with the business, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's real. Very real. This also makes me think of 
sorry, we're gonna have you here all day. Um, <laughs> attachment style in a way. Oh yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, what types of relationships do you need? Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean mm. that's why honestly, like the work of like self work just never ends because it does affect. I mean, I always say I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm no therapist. I'm a coach. And the difference would be, you know, a therapist helps you connect your past to your present and a coach helps you connect your present to the future. So you could tell me where you want to go. Never knew that. Yes. So that was so clear. Yeah. I know people use it interchangeably. So if a woman comes to me and she wants to understand how her abandonment issues with her mother are affecting her friendships, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. What do you want? (laughs) Because I can get there, but I, I, I don't know. I can't unpack that. I'm not qualified to do that. Um, but it is interesting to see how our attachment styles affect what we expect in friendship how we respond to conflict and so I think that's why it's always important to be like working on yourself learning more about this stuff so you can be like oh my god that's why I have this tendency it keeps blocking things you know you you got to be self-aware I think what people are surprised to learn when it comes to friendship is like there's this list of 13 traits of like what makes a good friend like according to psychologists and that and a lot of the traits are what you would expect you know trustworthy you're honest I think the ones that surprise people are one of them is self-confidence if you don't believe you have anything to offer why would I (laughs) and a lot you know what I mean like you know if you are and and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with like the jealousy and stuff women who are like well you're threatening my but do you feel secure in you like do you feel like oh I'm I'm irreplaceable I know our relationship is totally unique I'm glad she has other friends I know they can't replace but not everybody has that. And we don't realize that you feeling self-assured is going to impact how good of a friend you can be. Um, so that's one that's on mm. there. And then another trait is a willingness to trust. And so that's why sometimes I cringe when I hear women say, that's why you just can't trust women these days. And, right. and I'm like, no, you're like signaling to all of us that you're not even ready because mm. I don't have trust. It is going to affect how I show up in my friendships because I'm not showing up. I might come in to a friendship, but I'm just sitting back waiting for you to screw me over. And like, what fun is that? Like a person shouldn't be in a position where I'm trying to prove to you, you can trust me. That's exhausting. And then you're never going to give of yourself if you're waiting for me to betray you with the information you give me. And so those are things we have to get together here before we can like even be a good friend. Okay, but I know we have, I know we're wrapping up really soon, but what if someone has burned you? Like how many opportunities do you give a friend to burn you? I mean, that's, that's one thing. Like if I feel like I've said, Hey, it makes me feel weird when you do this, or Hey, I really was disappointed last night. Like I thought you were going to show up for me and you didn't come. And I felt like totally by myself, like that wasn't cool. And she does it again. I mean, that's one thing. Like after I've communicated a boundary, like we said before, and they screwed it over. Yeah. I mean, I can't really say like, oh, it's the three, screw me three times rule, you know? I Sorry, know. I need rules. <laughs> I was like, her Capricorn ass. So one, so just once. twice, <laughs> one and a half. <laughs> I just feel like I, I'm just a big uh, advocate of you have to make it plain. That's the main thing. I can't tell you how many times, but we also can't blame people if we have not made it plain. So if you right. made it plain, like, hey, girl, like when you fail to do this or you don't do this, like, I actually really need that. And um, when you didn't do that last week, I was really, I don't know, I was feeling kind of disappointed. After I told her that, she does it again next week. 
that says something to me, like I'm getting data. So yes, it is in your power now to determine what would you like to do with that data? Like to what extent, but the, the tricky part comes when now I'm like, now I don't trust friends because mm. of what happened with her. That's mm. something where you're just doing yourself a disservice, not us. That damn Delilah. Mm. Do you do like friend therapy? Like, do we need to do like a friend therapy session? Like on our Patreon. <gasps> on our session. Patreon. That would be Oh dope. my God. Do, do you do, do you do that? Like uh, counseling? Or- you should. <laughs> Groups of friends? Yeah. Do you do that? Uh, wait, group? Like, like a group? group like the, if the yeah. three of us wanted to have a counseling. No, you didn't counseling. say therapy. I know you said you're not a therapist. Do you do yeah, yeah. friend group coaching? Like, coaching. I did it once and um, it was a lot. It was, <laughs> it was really sad. I, I normally do one-on-one because we can focus on your goals. What do you want without this outside voice? Um, the one time I did it with two best friends, it was really sad because one was over the friendship and the other was not. And I'm sitting there and they're dancing around it. And I had to mediate what was obvious. And I was like, you know, girl, it sounds like she's ready to move on. And she was like, no, I just feel like we need to get back to where we used to be. We can work this out. And it was really hard. Um, so, um, so I did just said that the one time and, uh, I was locked on. Done. So the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Oh my God, this well, is yeah. For people that want to book you to coach them, where can they find you? How can they coach? How can they, uh, you know, secure your services? Yeah. So all the stuff is on betterfemalefriendships.com. Um, and I also do a lot of videos on TikTok. You a low-key TikTok star. <laughs> I have followers. It's really crazy. I think it's just, um, I used to be a high school English teacher for six years. And so I'm very teachy and like, let's make it plain. Here's an example. And so the TikTok videos are like these 60 second videos. And then I give you homework at the end of the video. Um, And so on TikTok, I'm the friendship expert on TikTok. But as far as services and things like that, that's all at um, betterfemalefriendships.com. Fantastic. Oh, and I have a podcast, the Friend Forward Podcast. The yes. Friend Forward For podcast. podcast. Pretty much whatever be issue you could think of, we probably have covered it. Okay, so we have to come on. Yeah, actually, Maybe yeah. We can come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we would love that. That'll be fun. There's she a just lot. invited herself to your show. Right. Oh, she yeah, invites herself places a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle, thank you so much. You are amazing. This has been great. Yeah, Thank this has been amazing. I really hope that we can do something again because I feel like there's so, like, we could have gone so much more. So much more. So I hope to see you again soon and I really appreciate what you're doing. It's so dope. Awesome, ladies. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. We don't have a what would you do this week because Danielle just gave y'all mad advice. I'm sure. In whatever she said in that whole interview, something will apply to a situation that you're going through right now. So internalize that. We'll be back next week. Send us your listener letters. Chelsea, tell them where to find us. So you can find us on Instagram at Black Girls Texting. Um, We also have a website called BlackGirlsTexting.com. And there you can find our merch. You can also send us a message there. Um, Oh, we have a Twitter called Black Girls Text 1, the number one. Um... And Patreon. Patreon. Patreon.com slash black girls texting. Um, yes. where even on this episode, we recorded actually a juicy, spicy little clip 
where we thought back on everything that Danielle told us and really talked honestly about how those themes apply to our friendship, Gwen, Chelsea, and Sade. Quite juicy. Quite spicy. (laughs) Quite spicy. You're going to want to hear it, so you should sign up. We have merch on our website. You're going to want to cop. You're going to want to be a part of the Black Girls Doing Shit Gang Gang and wear that hoodie, wear that sweatshirt. Um, So, yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to Black Girls Texting. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you listen and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Oh, and don't forget to text every group chat you're in and tell them to check us out. Follow your girls at Black Girls Texting, and we'll see you next week. Bye.